right. Good morning, H. Uh, happy Wednesday. Most importantly, happy Valentine's Day to anybody out there lucky enough to have somebody in their life that loves them. Uh, if that is the case for you, let me know how that feels. Not, I would have absolutely no idea, but I'd love to at least pretend like I have the feeling. So let me live vicariously through you helping about out here today. Uh, but you're already helping me out simply just by joining this live stream. So thank you guys for joining us here today on this beautiful Valentine's Day, February 14th, 2024. It is officially high noon. Uh, so now good afternoon to all of you apes out there. Thank you guys once again for joining us here today. You already know what's going on. It is the Daily Peel live stream. Uh, and also shout out to anybody listening later on YouTube. Make sure you like it and subscribe. Do something to help it keep my job. And shout out to anybody else listening on Spotify or any other podcast platforms. Love you guys too. It's just tough that you can't comment on us here live. Uh, like my boy Fahad is commenting right now. What's going on, Mr. Khan? All right. Anyway, we got a lot to talk about here today. Although it is Valentine's Day, business still continues. Uh, things are rolling over here in the United States. We got a lot to talk about. As you guys can see, the Daily Peel Global Headquarters is officially on fire, just like the FOMC meeting was yesterday, uh, especially after following the CPI report. We're going to be talking about that in just a couple of moments. Everything is on fire. Everybody was freaking out. But should they really be? That's what we're going to discuss in just a couple of minutes. So stick around for that. It's really not going to take too long, I promise. You can hear me ramble about some other nonsense in the meantime. All right. In addition to the CPI report and everything going on with inflation, setting the FOMC on fire, we're going to be talking about some stock movements. And then, of course, getting into the economics of Valentine's Day, because there's no better way to spread love in the United States than through money and other financial means. All right. But before we dive into everything here today, of course, we do want to come to you guys with your daily dose of fraud brought to you by TikTok, Twitter, and all those other garbage, quote unquote, gurus out there. Uh, so I think that our crackpot team of producers has that video pulled up here for us today. Every single bank is absolutely the same. And that means they're in perfect competition. They need a way for you to walk into the bank. So there's something called the promotional period where they'll give you 0% interest anywhere from six to 18 months. And more real estate guys, sometimes we only need the money for 12, you know, six months before you refinance. You can get, you know, for example, $150,000 from Chase, $100,000 from KeyBank, and $100,000 from M&T Bank. They don't know about each other. You just got $300,000 unsecured. That's 0% interest for any business venture you'd like. Now, I can't tell if that guy's homie was laughing out of agreement or out of pure embarrassment, because that is exactly what we call financial fraud right there. When you make these loan applications, there's something called debt validation. And despite the fact that I just spit a bar right there and explaining that, uh, it is a key part to the loan application process is understanding the amount of debt that you have outside of that. That is complete fraud. Do not follow that advice. We'll continue to identify any financial fraud that you guys want going forward to hopefully keep us all out of jail. All right, but for now, let's go ahead and take a look at the market snapshot. Given yesterday's CPI report, it was a rough day on Wall Street out there. Uh, there's a lot of snow going on, but also a lot of down investment. So specifically, WSO Alpha Portfolio had a bit of a rough day, losing about 1.34%. But given our over-allocation to cash and money market funds and things giving us an actual high yield, we were able to outperform the S&P and the NASDAQ for the day. We are coming up closer on the NASDAQ for the year and officially outperforming the S&P 500 once again. We were almost dead even in the day prior. And then after losing less money than the S&P did yesterday, shout out to the apes at WSO Alpha. We officially overtook them uh, for the year here, I do believe. Oh, no, excuse me. I was reading that number totally wrong. We actually didn't. We're still down a little bit, but we're definitely coming closer. A few more days like this, we could be looking good. Uh, we're definitely getting some pops this morning from the earnings of Zillow Group, Airbnb, a couple of other stocks as well. Hope you guys saw what's going on with Lyft out there. Definitely some funny stuff going on. So we'll be talking about that much more in detail yesterday. 
We actually do have some uh, links to those stories here for you today as well. First and foremost, though, the stock serial killer, Hindenburg Research, they came out with another victim yesterday. Forget the name of the company, but who cares because it's an absolute scam. The CEO is literally an alleged murderer, uh, and they basically opened up another biotech company to scam more and more people. So definitely go check that out because Hindenburg is back to its Hindenburg thing. Then, of course, we had uh, a very solid earnings report from Lyft and even more solid guidance that was issued by the CFO and immediately retracted afterwards. Basically, they came out and said, I think it was their profit margin or something was going to grow by about 5%. And instead, they meant that it was going to grow by about 0.5% or 50 basis points. They made the adjustment and still the market didn't chill out with how much the stock was ripping. Having a great day here this morning. All right. And then it's time to pack our bags as well. Airbnb had a very solid earnings report. In the immediate aftermath, shares did sell off a little bit. Uh, looks like it could be recovering just a bit here today. We certainly hope so. Uh, but otherwise... It's definitely something to uh, keep an eye out is Airbnb and overall travel demand, especially as we head into summer. Then Robinhood actually delivered a solid quarter, despite the fact that retail investors far and wide should hate Robinhood just as much as the H. Jerome Powell for raising their interest rates. That's not the case that we're seeing. The firm is still doing well. The stock was absolutely popping in after hours yesterday. Go ahead and check out if it's still doing so here today. All right, time to get into the big story of the day. CP Pride. Everything is absolutely on fire. The CPI report for the month of January came in about one basis point or 0.1% uh, higher than what expected. So obviously we had to set the entire world on fire as a result. Is it valid? Is it justified? Absolutely not. And we're going to tell you guys exactly why. But before we do, let's dive into the numbers a little bit here. So getting into things, consumer prices jumped by about 0.3% for the month, 3.1% for the year ending in January. That was a little bit higher than the expectations for 0.2% and 2.9% for headline inflation that we had. Clearly, definitely did beat out expectations, but barely by at all. So that alone should kind of dissuade concern. If we go ahead and take a look at core inflation, those also outperformed by about the same degree. We saw core inflation rise 0.4% in January, 3.9% for the full year. Keep in mind, core inflation is the exact same thing, just with food costs and energy costs stripped out from it. So we'll dive into how those impacted it in just a brief minute. But as you guys can see from the market's report yesterday and the snapshot that we just discussed, markets absolutely ducked in the immediate aftermath. Coming into that surprise to the upside on inflation, something that has been scaring markets uh, the absolute most over the past couple of years, definitely wasn't a good sign. But diving into the numbers a little bit, we can kind of reduce our fear just, uh, just slightly because it was the usual culprits once again. The usual suspects are back at it, most of all being shelter costs. Shelter costs make up about 36.2% of the CPI report. It varies anywhere from about 30 to 37%, depending on the given month. But essentially, 36.2% of the index and it rose 6% for the year or 0.6% for the month. Obviously, that's going to have an outsized impact. But the way that the Fed and the FOMC actually ascertains these numbers for the inflation report is absolute garbage. It's called owner's equivalent rent. This is how the, uh, not the FOMC, the BLS, is actually calculating the inflation rate for month to month, year to year, and when it comes to the shelter portion of things. So owners equivalent rent alone, this is one factor of the shelter index within the CPI index, makes up about 26% of the total index. They literally go around and ask people, how much do you think you could rent your house out for? Like we talked about recently, consumers like myself and you are absolute morons. We have no idea what we're talking about. So this is a terrible way to actually be measuring shelter costs. I get why they had to do that back in the 60s and 70s before technology was invented whatsoever. But in this day and age, we do have better means of assessing the value of real estate, the overall cost of shelter. 
One way to do so is looking at actual asking rents from Redfin and other index providers. They give us a more real-time assessment. The year-over-year change was far below the 6% that was reported in the CPI. It was much more closer to 1.1%. So the CPI really doesn't do a good job of capturing underlying inflation, largely due to that huge waiting to shelter costs, plus the terrible way that they actually measure that. So it's not really a huge thing to uh, get us all twisted up about. I mean, it's definitely not good to see inflation coming in above expectations, but when we see that it's because of our garbage measurement system, then we can relax just a little bit. Digging a little bit further, however, we did see the food prices continue to rise, 0.4%, especially food away from home. So that's going out to restaurants, going out to other random places, whatever the fuck you guys do in your free time. I mean, I definitely don't know what that is. But if you get food outside of your house, it was looking a little bit more expensive. That's a good demand barometer. might show that things are a little bit too hot. But when we look at energy prices, the other side that gets um, taken out from the core index, we saw that energy prices actually declined 0.9% in aggregate for the month, largely attributable to gas prices. I would bet my bottom dollar that gas prices make up more than 3.26% of your monthly income because it definitely makes up a hell of a lot more than mine. Uh, but that declined about 3.3%. Probably should have a little bit more impact on underlying inflation overall. But we're not going to be mad when gas prices are on the move lower. The important thing to remember is the same thing. Inflation is broadly headed in the right direction. Just because we do a garbage job of actually measuring it doesn't mean that we need to be uh, overly concerned about that stuff. Jerome Powell absolutely wipes his ass with the CPI report. He couldn't care any less about that. He's waiting on the PCE, the Personal Consumption Expenditures Report. We'll get that towards the end of the month. They have a much less autistic way of measuring shelter costs and prices of things overall. So that will be the important thing to consider. Plus, when factoring in wage growth, really not that huge of a problem either because we are still seeing wages continue to grow on a real basis, 0.3% for the month, 1.4% for the year. So if we can still say that this plane has been landed by Mr. Jerome Powell himself, it certainly has been a soft landing for everything that we can see. All right. With all that said, we can certainly move back into the what's ripe section, start talking about some stock movers of the day. Biggest one of the day was, of course, our boy JetBlue. They got a big hookup from the 87-year-old Mr. Carl Icon. Guy should have retired at least 20 years ago, but he's still out here raising his blood pressure, increasing his odds of having a heart attack and you know, what better way to do it than to be uh, taking a 10% position in an airline that's been the most volatile position on Wall Street so far this year. The stock rose about 21.6% on the news that Icon's, uh, Icon's Enterprises is taking a position in the company. It's always a good sign to see a well-respected activist like Mr. Carl Icon taking an interest. Basically shows something's going well, the market's underpricing something, and he did explicitly call shares undervalued. No surprise to see them boom as a result. Moving on down to TripAdvisor, investors did the furthest thing from Trip in response to their uh, announcement that a committee is being formed to actually sell the company. TripAdvisor, I'm not going to lie to you guys, I don't really know what they do. I imagine it's some sort of digital travel agency, but I just use Airbnb and, you know, whatever else. There's a hell of a lot easier stuff out there. These third-party apps, when it, they're great for booking things, but when you get somewhere and there's a problem with your booking, it's an absolute hellish experience when you do it through a third-party app like that. So, I don't recommend it necessarily, but they are certainly getting recommended from places like Centerview that they should be selling their company. So that's what TripAdvisor is look, looking to do going forward. Prices being floated were certainly at a premium to the trading price of the day yesterday. So obviously shares boomed as a result. Definitely uh, could be an arbitrage opportunity for all these sleuthers out there. All right, moving on down to Shopify. What did Shopify do on the day? This is basically Amazon's little brother and Despite being Amazon's little brother, they certainly didn't see the uh, the benefit that e-commerce and uh, 
kind of digital growth that brought Amazon over the past couple of months here as well. So this is really why we can't have nice things because Shopify did have a solid earnings beat. They did provide solid guidance. They did everything that Wall Street would have asked for, but higher operating expenses and slightly lower free cash flow margin really did kill the vibe. This is all due to their push to grow in physical retailers through things like point of sale systems, kind of like toast or like that other bullshit that you see when you check out at the grocery store, at the convenience store, whatever else it may be. Shopify wants you to do that through them instead of Square or whatever these other services are. Um, but obviously, investors aren't too fired up. It requires a lot of capital investment. And the last time that Shopify did something like that, layoffs, profitability challenges came with it. So it's no surprise to see them getting a little scared. Moving on down to Arista Networks. This is a kind of a communication networking device company. They are basically a proxy for AI, however, because a lot of their services uh, relate directly to the AI industry, things that manage flow in data centers and other stuff like that. Uh, they did have surprisingly good earnings, but the guidance was pretty brutal. So the stock suffered from some uh, stock market violence on the day. It also could be profit-taking in the meantime because the stocks ran up uh, already well over 70% in just the past three months. So no surprise that the investor starting to trim some of that gain. Finally, of course, love is in the air today, guys. You know, I almost used this picture of Jerome Powell kissing his wife uh, as the background for the day, but then I realized I didn't want to make myself and everybody throw up the entire time because that looks like the kiss that you give to your aunt when it's far too wet on Thanksgiving or something rather than somebody kissing their wife after being nominated to be literally the Fed chair of the United States. So in order to save all of our stomachs from that nausea, of course, we went ahead with the FOMC on fire. Uh, this actually is a live picture from the FOMC yesterday, by the way, but we are still ranking in the love nonetheless. So apologies that the background isn't related to that, but of course, the story of the day is Valentine's Day. In addition to spreading the love, they are spreading the earnings far and wide. So if we dive into some of the numbers, actually, before we get into the numbers, let's talk about some of the history, because this was some really cool stuff to learn yesterday. Valentine's Day is pre-Roman. It comes around from uh, even pre-ancient Greeks from some of the sources that I saw, but originally started off as the as the uh, this festivity that was called Februa. It lasted for the entire month of February that we have now. Obviously, they didn't consider it like that back in the day, but it was over the same time period. And on the middle day was the celebration called the Lupercalia. This was the most important uh, portion of the February festival. And so coming into today's modern age, that was the one thing that we kept because a couple of popes were fucking around way back in the day. This super funny guy, Mr. Pope Hilarious, apparently his name was, he demanded the abolishment of the Lupercalia in 467 AD. His wife must have divorced him that year, or was probably banging some other pope or something. But 30 years later, Pope Galatius re, uh, reunited the lovers among us. So he basically reinstituted the holiday on the middle day of February, but rebranded it as the Feast of St. Valentine. And that's how we have where we're at today in our current form. We've been celebrating it ever since. Now, we are celebrating it in a bit of a different way than they did back immediately before the collapse of the Roman Empire, most notably through buying random shit that nobody needs or really wants for the most part. I mean, one of the biggest things that we buy each other is chocolate and other confectionaries and kind of candies. And that's really only good for your local dentist. But still, a lot of people will enjoy it in the meantime. So historical Valentine's Day spending plans. We can actually see that it looks like there's a bit of a decline in overall spending going on this year. So you bums get out there, buy something for your significant other so that this doesn't actually come into fruition because this is just uh, an estimate, really. So uh, get out there and buy some shit for the people that you love, all right? Show them how much you care about them by contributing to the economy. Now, with all that spending, uh, there is a lot going on underneath that spending. If we go ahead and take a look at some of the 
most important items that people are going to be buying. 57% planning to purchase about uh, some candy, other random shit like that, including greeting cards, flowers, eating out, jewelry, clothing, some other nonsense. Some of the other cool stuff that we saw was about 250 million roses are going to be set today. Over $4 billion is going to be spent on chocolate alone. And that $4 billion will translate to at least 58 million pounds of chocolate moving around the country today. 40% of Americans celebrate after Valentine's Day. These are the smart people out there who you should actually be listening to when it comes to investment advice or other stuff like that. 40% celebrate afterwards to get a nice deal. And 35 million people were actually too lazy to go outside and speak to other people. Don't get me wrong, speaking to other people is one of the scariest things you can do, of course, but they will actually just order in. So given the decline in headline consumer spending in January, we'd love to see people out here getting out here and spending money, not only on themselves, but on the other people that they love. Of course, in order to do so and actually celebrate Valentine's Day in the traditional sense, uh, for somebody like myself that actually does require going up and speaking to women, which is about the scariest thing that I could possibly imagine. So tell me out on that for quite a while. All right. But with all that said, we can get into the quote of the day. Oscar Wilde, he used to say, when I was young, I used to think money was the most important thing in life. Now that I'm old, I know that it is. A nice soul-crushing quote from the great writer to start off your day here. Actually, it's about midway through the day for us over on the East Coast, 12, 16 p.m. Uh, so that's pretty much the last thing we're going to be going over today. Always remember to rate, uh, like, and subscribe if you're on the YouTube. Give us a solid rating on Spotify once again so I can keep my job. And of course, don't say anything bad about me in the uh, ratings of today's PL on the actual forum because I'll cry myself to sleep about it. All right, let's see. Do we have uh, any other comments, anything going on? No, I'm not going to speculate on the price of Bitcoin. Wonder what the Rose Premium is today. That's absolutely right there, Joe. I mean, definitely uh, a very good point to be bringing up for us there. So that's a great way to end it. No other way to, no better way to say it than the boy Joe right there. So let's call it off for the day. Thank you guys for joining us as always here today. We love to see you guys. We love shooting the shit related to markets and hearing your thoughts as well. Definitely let us know what's going on with you and your lives and most of all, your portfolios. But for now, happy investing, happy trading. Thanks, everybody. Bye now. And thanks to you, my listeners at Wall Street Oasis. If you have any suggestions whatsoever, please don't hesitate to send them my way, patrick at wallstreetoasis.com. Until next time.